Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, Michael Adams here. Just wanting to check in, say hello, and apologize for the lack of new episodes over the past couple of months. We've been working really hard on getting season three of the Super League War ready, but it is a lot of work. And in order to make sure we can get it out and have it finished by the end of the year, I've had to really focus on getting the research sorted, and that has meant we haven't been able to put out the show as we would have liked. You might remember between Season 1 and Season 2, I uh, recorded a series of interviews, case studies covering various clubs and various other aspects of the war. Originally, I'd planned to do the same thing, to cover this break, but between work and life and the piles of research mounting up, I came to the realisation at the start of this year that I just wasn't going to be able to do that. So we're taking a pause in those case studies. I'd I'd like to come back to them at the end of this season and and see how we go. Uh, But in the meantime, it's really been about getting season three ready. If you have been missing our voices, there is still a way to get your fix from Andy and I, and that is by heading over to our Patreon. So we have been recording a series of bonus episodes for our Patreons, and Uh, That will really pick up as the season takes off. So we recorded our first NRL recap episode earlier in this week, and that is what what you're about to hear. So um, normally these are Patreon exclusives, but just by way of apology, uh, we thought we'd put it up on the main feed and give you a taste. And if it is something you want to hear more of, um, yeah, please, please come and head over to the Patreon, sign up. We've got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good conversation going on there. Um, But if that's not your bag, that's totally fine. You will hear from us. I'd say we're probably six to eight weeks from having the Super League War back in action. So apologies for the delay in getting that out. And uh, it's good to speak to you again, and you'll hear from us soon. Uh, Thank you, and on to the show. Welcome back to the Rugby League Digest. I'm Michael Adams here with Andrew Paskin. How's it going, Andy? Fantastic, mate. How are you? I'm great. We're here to recap round one of the NRL and what like an incredible collection of games. What an incredible weekend. I couldn't have hoped for a better first round. It's unbelievable. And just before we recorded this, I saw, I think it was um, Sports Industry, I think is the, the Twitter account. They're always um, posting TV ratings and all that sort of thing. And I saw that it was like the biggest regular season weekend on record. People were hanging out for the footy, so the off-season did its job then. Yeah, yeah. People were hanging out and then it delivered. Like, it it was just so cool to get, like, basically every game, you know, came down to the last 10 minutes or whatever. And, you know, we we had one-score games and lead changes at half-time and upsets. You couldn't have asked for more. The only game that probably let us down was the Cowboys' dogs play but <laughs> which I, I was that that same sports industry account um noted that, or actually they linked to an article and the article said that that was the the second highest fox ratings of the weekend which like <laughs> shocked me because you know when you go from like no football 
to a glut of football. So eight NRL games, all the NRLW as well. Like there's just so much football. When you've gone so long without it to suddenly like have this much in your face, by the time of Sunday night, I'm about footied out, you know? And so I, I got up on Sunday and I, I looked at, at the draw to see, you know, who was playing. When I saw that the Dogs Cowboys was 6 p.m. Sunday, I, I just laughed like, poor Dogs and Cowboys, who's going to watch this? <laughs> and, and it turns yeah. out quite a lot of people. I tuned in for the last 10 minutes. and I had stuff to do, unfortunately. I couldn't really focus, but uh, I didn't miss much by the look of it. But uh, my goal has been to watch eight games a week, you know, so we can stay on yeah. top of it and you know enjoy the footy. But I think six is my maximum at this stage of my life. I will, yeah, my thing is I will have it on for at least part of all eight games. So you can get the feel of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I hadn't really watched much NRLW before this weekend just because, you know, this is the rod I've inserted into my back. But when football season starts each year, I'm like, oh, no, how am I going to watch football when I've got all this reading about football to do? So the football <laughs> starting is kind of like a, an unwelcome inconvenience when it rolls around. So this weekend was really me, like, you know, tuning in. I'd, I'd watched, you know, a few minutes here and there of the NRLW, but this was the first time I'd really, like, sat down and, and watched that for long periods of time and then watch heaps of the men's as well. And it was such a good weekend. Well, I'm going to put my hand up. I'm using a lot of rugby league cliches tonight, which is good. I didn't even know the women's comp was starting. I didn't see a bar of it until I watched the highlights on NRL.com. Yeah, well, I think, and, you know, global circumstances the last couple of years couldn't be helped. I think, for me, it's, I'm seeing a lot of enthusiasm and the quality of play has improved. And there's a lot of buzz about the women's comp. But I also think, for me anyway, it's proven that the end of the year is the right time for it. You've got this glut of football now, too much football, more football than we know what to do with. The end of the year, there's already that natural excitement, and I think it just works so much better in that space. I'd like to give it their own uh, spotlight, that's for sure. But um, from what I can see from the highlights, I mean, it's getting better and better. It's, it's unbelievable. But I heard Gus say a comment, you know, patronizing fatherly figure comment. You know, these girls, they put in harder than you wouldn't, you can believe. You know, eventually the skill will get there, but the effort's there now, you know. like It's like the skill's already there, you old coot. Yeah, and in just, you know, four or five years, whenever it really started to take off, I think that origin match at North Sydney Oval, which I think might have been four years ago now. I was there. Yeah, that was the start of it in my book. That's when we really got to, or, the, you know, the public at large really got to know a lot of these players and it led to the kind of groundswell of excitement for the NRLW. And in just that space of time, like the creativity for one thing is like at such a high level. It reminds me of Super League with better defense. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to um, mention this Batil Vet Walsh, the fullback for Parramatta. She was incredible. And as it's happened, I've ended up watching more Parramatta than any other team over the course of the competition thus far. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing from them. Maddie Stutton, who, you know, she was at the Dragons last year and she's been really impressive this year. And Parramatta too. The Dragons are going all right, so I'm hoping we can go on a bit of a run throughout this competition. I doubt it. I really like the fact that, or one of the advantages of having it in this slot is you get more scope for standalone games and making it its own thing and you know i got my email from the dragons today advertising a standalone game at cogra oval on saturday the 26th and this was advertising cool. a, a corporate package where you could you know go in the function room free beer 
canapes and all the rest of it for $120, which I think for the men's it'd be like, you know, double, triple that. So it's like a reasonable price to get the kind of, you know, corporate pampering that, you know, us plebs on the hill don't really get to indulge in too often. It's a good idea. It's great. It's so good. Like As it turns out, my wife is out that day, so I'm going to have to take the kids myself. So we'll we'll just be on the hill. But, you know, if that wasn't the case, if I could kind of get away, I'd gladly pay that to do it in style. And as it turns out, $10 for adults, free for kids under 15. Like, it's just going to be a great day out. So the more of those kind of events we can get going, that's only going to build the buzz even more. Maybe we can have a mini Sydney RLD catch-up for that. Yeah, well, I'll be there. I will have two, like, nightmare... Well, actually, they're still awake. I should say that a bit quieter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will have two lovely children... Uh, they're perfectly behaved with me. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be there. So anyone else, uh, come and see me on the hill. We'll grab a beer and, and watch some great footy action. Well, I've met both your children uh, several times and they've always been perfect angels in my <laughs> presence. All right. Well, hopefully we get those kids, but I, I don't really know those ones too well. But <laughs> but yeah, I think there's like a real good spirit about it. The footy's getting better and better. So I'm really excited to see it continually develop. Well, let's talk about the men's weekend then. Now, we've got to be careful here. I've decided to be careful this time rather than go off, off the deep end and say this team's going to win the comp you know, after one game because we have to take into consideration the round one pump-up. Round one effort was there for all squads, really. There was no like uh, bludging, thank God. I'm going to keep that in mind when I make my assessments there. But I was impressed by the fact there was none of this, oh, a lot of drop ball, you know, long off season. Like, people were actually playing sharp. Yeah, yeah. As they should be, but... The football was generally of a very high standard. But I'll say it again, why is that even a consideration for <laughs> the professional footballers? Uh, and just another thing to note, and like I really hope this is the last time we have to mention rules this year, but I, I thought there was a really good balance with the, the modifications to the rule. I thought it, it made a big difference. Didn't even notice it, which is what you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Refs had a good week. Yeah, well, you didn't hear from him, basically. Um, now, Andy, you just had this like kind of measured, I'm not going to go off half-cocked, I'm, I'm going to take my time <laughs> to get the flow of the season. I, I'm a bit worried about that because the first uh, segment on this run sheet is Vindication Watch, <laughs> where we're going to highlight some of the things we discussed that we got right and, you know, need to be praised for that. So I'm a bit worried about this well, <laughs> reasonable attitude you take. Most people start podcasts just to say I told you so. So um, <laughs> Vindication Watch is a genius title for a podcast, but we should have had this segment in four years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyone who listened last week, uh, just ignore all the things we got wrong, but um, <laughs> we're just going to touch on, on some things we got right. So, Well, I'm going to put your hand up for something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put your hand up for um, uh, Manly or Bad. I'll give you a half on that because I've got some points to make on that, but I'll also give you a big 100% correct on um, Kennedy for the Sharks. Being He's great. He's really good. I love him. He was a Ferrari out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I when we spoke last week, I, I said that I was really excited to see him, you know, take it to another level this year. And the signs were great from the game against your Raiders, which we'll get to a bit later. But yeah, so I, I am feeling some some vindication on that front. 
I put my own hand up for saying the Titans are the real deal, even though they lost. Um, they had some key players out, and they were still really, really good looking. Yeah. That was the best game of the weekend for mine. We are going to go through them one by one. But before we get there, yeah, you said you're giving me a half mark. My nominal vindication watch was that Manly are bad. So you take issue with that? Well, I think Penrith made them that bad. They're swarming at times illegal-looking line speed. Um, really run them into the ground and gave them no opportunity. So I think if they weren't playing Penrith, they might have looked a lot better. That's a really good point. And Penrith was so impressive. You couldn't have asked for a better first-up performance from them. I think I can only claim partial vindication because I still put them in my eight. I think when we spoke, I had them at fifth even, and then later I bumped them down to seventh. But I didn't have the courage to leave them out of the eight. But the deficiencies that we discussed last week... I think it's a limited squad, and for me, some of the things I was worried about with Manly uh, played out against that Penrith team. I'll reserve judgment until I see a couple of games against some weaker opposition, because it was just like playing some blocks of granite. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to take too much out of it, but yeah, we got to take the wins where we get them. But what about, they did that without the best halfback in the comp? Yeah. And in style? Yeah. I thought O'Sullivan was quite effective, actually. Yeah, yeah. Penrith were fantastic. And it was a statement game, you know, like a lot of pundits were tipping like kind of, you know, a slight regression. I think most people still had them in their top fours. But, you know, there was a feeling that maybe they'd come back to the pack a bit, uh, or other teams would go past them. But and, um, and that may still happen. But you couldn't have asked for a, a better statement first up without your star halfback. There'll be a lot of people quaking in their boots about them now. Mm. Before we get to the rest of the, the games, I know you had some jersey talk that you wanted to get into. Yeah, well, after a little chat about the um, jerseys and uh, which one we liked and didn't like, and then the auxiliary chat on the blending in of the sponsors, I had, I had a bit of a, a look out for who was looking good and bad this week on the, on the first set of jerseys. Mm. Um, I think Manly had the best jersey all round with the best blend. But they lose points for the sponsor being points bet, which is just an awful sponsor. But uh, it looked really cool, the jersey. Yeah. The white one with the thin stripes and then the the nicely blended jersey uh, sponsor. Yep. South had a cool sponsor, MG. You can't get much cooler than MG. And it matches the red and the white. Broncos with their Kia is a nice uh, understated sponsor blend. Uh, and the one jersey I thought was really cool was the Sharks jersey. It reminded me of the Gavin Miller era jersey that classic Cronulla style, but they've got this awful red and white Aramex sponsor and an awful green and white one on the back. It looks so <laughs> so garish. But um, I, I love the style of that jersey. It looks really cool. I think it's definitely Cronulla's best jersey, that style. Yeah. Um, and some of the crook ones, unfortunately, my Raiders, uh, with the obnoxious red and white Toyota logo on the lime green. But then I thought, hang on, wasn't the Video Easy logo obnoxious too? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Titans jersey was just a mess. It just didn't rate it at all. It looks like some sort of corporate golf polo shirt or something. I don't know what, what yeah. they're doing. <laughs> I didn't like the Newcastle uh, jersey with the NIB, even though it's less obnoxious, the new NIB logo, logo than the green and white one, the lime green and dark green, but still awful. But I think the actual jersey's good, though. Yeah, jersey's pretty cool. It's got a bit of a modern feel to it, but again, yeah. I'm, I'm really focusing on the clashing this this season. I want, yep. I want to see a, a legislation brought in. What do you think of the Melbourne jersey? To me, it had a bit of a European rah-rah look to it. 
I know what you mean, but I think it kind of suits them in that regard. They've got a bit of European rara to them, you think? Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think they pull it off. Because <laughs> they've always been like a bit different, like even the name, like yeah, where they are. like So it kind of makes sense that they have this kind of exotic kind of uh, look to them. Just looking at your notes, I was trying to think of when the non-integrated sponsor came into vogue. The first ones I can think of are those Newcastle jerseys, like to some extent, you know, going back to Henny Penny, but definitely like, you know, the BP. BP was bad. Yeah. So the Magpies had Victor, that was like white on black, perfect. Yeah. Mm. Phillips was black on gold, to match the stripes. Yeah. Yeah. HFC finance, you know, blue on white. Like, so it, it seems like it. I could be missing one, but... Canberra Milk was a good one because it had the blue, which suited the, the, blue, yeah. the blue part. Yeah, and that video easy was quite garish, wasn't it? Yeah, but you can get away with it if it's a cool sponsor. Everyone loved videos back then. It's like, it reminded you of new releases, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, MG is a cool sponsor. You can get away with whatever that goes on there. Yeah. Before we move on from jerseys, uh, our Adelaide correspondent guy... He uh, sent us a Twitter post on the Saturday night when the Dragons were playing, complaining about their terrible away jersey that's red with like thin white lines and this weird attempt at a transparent white V, I guess you like call it. it, on the front. It didn't yeah. all match up. You like it, do you? It's good for a change. I was not as upset by it as Guy was. I don't love it. I said this to Guy. I think if they're going to do the red, like just go with a simple classic Steelers look. That would be even cooler. Yeah. But then I posed the question, is that a Canberra Milk thing where it just it works better in a matte finish and with the slick new modern jerseys, it doesn't look as cool? Yeah, I think that might be the case. Too much red on the eye. Yeah. But regardless, it set off a lot of fighting online about the merits of the jersey and, and whether the Dragons kowtowing to the Steelers too much or completely wiping the Steelers from the merger. It's, you know, arguments in both directions. I had to mute it after a while, so I'm, I'm not sure if it's still going on. But yeah, thanks for that, Guy. <laughs> I have one more question before we move on from jerseys. So they change the jerseys every year because they need to sell new jerseys and, you know, those commercial considerations, which I can't really begrudge clubs for needing to make money that way. You know, like if if it's helping them get in the black, well, then, you know, Christ knows we can do with that. And I'm sure people have crunched these numbers, but I question. So, you know, my jersey, for instance, I've got my old heritage jersey and I bought a new jersey maybe like two or three years ago. That'll be my jersey for the next 10 years. I'm not someone who, like, you know, buys a jersey every year. You know, I don't particularly care if the sponsor on my jersey isn't the sponsor that the players are wearing. But I understand there are people who buy jerseys every year because they just want that year's jersey. My question is, how many of those people would not do that if the jersey was, like, the same as the year before with different sponsors? You know, like, surely that's a small subset of the jersey-buying populace. And if you're that committed, wouldn't you be buying the jerseys anyway? Like, how much money are they losing from those people if they don't change it up enough? Yeah, I agree. I wish they'd, like, instead of doing that, if you've got a classic look, stick with your classic look and have, like, limited editions. It doesn't even need to be something that is, you know, worn on the playing field. But, you know, like, 
I don't know, if Cameron Smith is retiring, maybe the Storm can do a special limited edition Cameron Smith jersey that's there's only a certain number and they're only sold that year. And you, you know, like That's a good idea. I wish clubs would take a bit more care in, you know, if they've got a classic look, we'll stay with that classic look, you know. You don't need to change all the time. It's gone too far. The pendulum swung too far to too much change, that's for sure, because there's no... You know, like I said all the time, uh, Phillips Tigers and Victor Magpies, mm. you're like, you, you haven't got that feel anymore for hardly any teams. No. If you can get three, four, five years out of a style, that'd, that'd be cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it does piss people off a bit. But then at the same time, you know, as I said, there's commercial considerations. And if it keeps the lights on, well, then, you know, let's go with it. You know, I'm not going to begrudge clubs for that. I'm so proud that we're the only rugby league podcast that can get 25 minutes out of Jersey talk um, <laughs> before the games. It's uh, <laughs> all right. Well, it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> well, let's get to the games then. Uh, we, we've covered Panthers Manly, but do you have anything else to add on that game? Uh, no, it's just uh, Tommy Turbo is shut down. I think it might be a problem that people are really looking to mark him up, double team him this yeah. year. Yeah, and if he's not getting support from any other players in that team, it's going to be an easy job to do that. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got concerns for Manly. Let's talk about your Raiders. What did you make of that game? Uh, very entertaining game. Mm, it was. Probably the equal best game with the Titans' para game. I was just thinking when I was watching it, it was like there's so much like cool tries and action and hits and everything. If this was a union game, they'd be like you know talking about the greatest running rugby of all time. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Just a standard first grade game. It was that good. <laughs> Hodgson injured in the first yeah. two and a half minutes. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Thank God Starling's there. Um, but I sent you a, a rumor from a mate of mine. There's a rumor going around that they want to trade um, Ryan Sutton after his girlfriend mouthed <laughs> off on social media to Brisbane for Albert Kelly. Now, if, if you're Canberra, you're saying, yes, let's do this. If you're Brisbane, you're going like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Albert Kelly was great for the Broncos. And, and I wonder if that rumor like was, so, you know, surely it must have been in the works before that game. And so I wonder if that's affected anything of that going ahead. But it would be great for Canberra. We've got so many forwards, we can get rid of him, no problem. And yeah, I mean, just still got heaps of depth even when he's gone. And then Kelly played amazing the other night. So anyway, like uh, overall, I wasn't that uh, thrilled with the Canberra Scene, but we did have the halfback issue. Young Villa had a few good touches, a few bad ones, but Whiten was the difference. Without Whiten, we lose that game. Well, I want to ask you this. So, first half, Raiders dominated. I thought you looked great. And, you know, it seemed like it was going to be a, an easy win for the Raiders. And then the second half, we have the return of the faders. <laughs> that pisses me off. I mean, People are just dying to say the word faders because it rhymes with Raiders. That's a nice coincidence, but it, it's just... They haven't been the faders since 2015. I mean, let's... <laughs> oh, I that's not true at all. I, I thought we, we saw it last year. Every team fades like when they lose games. I mean, it's ridiculous, the faders tag. They want to bring it out. <laughs> okay, well, well, let me finish right. the thought then. Okay, so we saw a return to a team that... Built early leads and subsequently <laughs> and lost. Faded away. <laughs> See, faders is a lot more economical is all I'm saying. <laughs> Are you concerned that we saw that in the second half? Or are you buoyed by the fact that you managed to rally and overcome it and get the late try to win the game? 
Well, there's just a few, like, you know, a bit of a drop in intensity, a few errors, whatever, but Cronulla played really well. So I think there's outplayed us for that bit. So I'm very buoyed by the yeah by the toughness. I've I got to say on Cronulla, I think that the jury is very much still out on the Nico Hines as a halfback thing. I don't think he was particularly great. No. I thought Matt Moylan was, was excellent, though. He was incredible, yeah. One of his best games in Cronulla jersey, yeah. I think. But, yeah. I mean, you got to give Nico Hines a couple of games. <laughs> new oh, position well, yeah. Club. I mean, that was going to be my next point, that I saw enough there that I think it may work. I'm not giving up on it. And I was impressed with Moylan and, you know, give him a few games to gel and it could turn into something. I was impressed by um, the intensity of Fafita off the bench. Mm. He really made a difference uh, playing this enforcer role. He's one of those guys, almost like Willie Mason at um, certain clubs. If if he was like lax and uh, you know didn't care, the rest of the players would follow him. But if he yeah. if he cared, they'd follow him as well. So I think for feeders that for Cronulla, if he can keep that going up for the season off the bench, he'll be a he'll be a weapon. Yeah, that's a good point. And and I thought it was his best game for some time as well. I mean, like his move set includes um, running hard at the line, rubbing people's heads uh, obnoxiously <laughs> after they knock on, and general <laughs> skullduggery. But like it's effective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to Brisbane versus South, which was another great game, highly entertaining. I was so impressed by Brisbane; they looked like a real unit. Yeah, yeah, it really clicked for them. They they were uh, very impressive. The Capewell field goal, my oh, God. Ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I wanted to say? I wanted to scream it to the hills. This bloke's a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> Payne Haas is the best forward in the game right now. Yeah, yeah. Like that's some sort of uh, going out on a limb, yeah, but, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, so it's really interesting. I think we both had them at around 12. With potential, they could be pushing for the eight. If they keep playing like that, wow, they could do it. Well, the young fellow um, Cobbo on the wings electric, so like they've mm. they've lost nothing with Coates gone. Stags is like class. I think this Reynolds is going to be just great for their overall organization in defense more than attack probably. Yeah, and their forwards look like really good. So, and great game from Billy Walters too. Yeah, after we doubted him. Yeah, it's hard with the father selecting you. No one's going to like get behind you, but he he played hard. Yeah, on the other side of the ball. South, like, they could be in trouble. Like, yeah, lose that game, got the Storm, the Roosters, the Panthers, you know, could be staring down a 0-4 and four start. Horrific um, draw for them. Yeah. Probably better to get them at the start of the year, actually. But, um, yeah, the young fellow, uh, Ilias, wasn't terrible, but, you know, wasn't a factor. Yeah, I just don't like the look of their side, to be honest. Yeah, so Cody Walker gave up that intercept, which, which interestingly, I don't think it's been commented by anyone, um, but do you know the last time he played at Suncorp Stadium, he conceded an <laughs> intercept as well. So <laughs> We didn't mention Kelly, though. I mean, he's a great addition. Mm. So I think he needed that uh, half a season to get re-acclimated to the NRL and then yep. ready to run again. So good stuff from the Broncos. Trouble for Souths. Roosters versus Knights. For me, the Knights, this was the most impressive performance of the weekend for mine. Um, you know, the Panthers were incredibly impressive, but that's the kind of level we expect from them. This Knights performance, out of nowhere, I, I know 
We said we weren't going to mention the things we were reverse vindicated on, but I certainly didn't see this coming. And they were great. They were so impressive. Well, I saw in your notes, and I share the view, that Bradman Best is an absolute gun. Yeah. So low to the ground, so uh, powerful, just a handful, the fend. <laughs> yeah, um, he was great. Gago on the other side was was really good as well. Um, Jay Clifford was fantastic. He was yeah, best player in the park for mine. I was re- yeah. re- really impressed by him. Um, I was watching it with my mate, a mad Knights guy, and um, we both mentioned the fact that it just feels better without Pierce there, that like cloud of Pierce. Mm. Yeah. And I like the fact that Ponga was good, but it wasn't about him. You know, like he slotted in and did his job and it was like just a complete team performance. He was sort of like a non-factor there for a while. Then he just popped up and supported for that try. It was just that X factor. Yeah. And he can bust a game wide open whenever he feels like. Mm. But I'll tell you what I don't like about him is that Benji step he does at all times, that jump in the air thing. Yeah. I think it's a once in a while move, not every single run to yeah, the line. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Adam Clune did his job well. Yeah, and um, what about that big Dominic Young from Huddersfield on the wing? Mm. Yeah, great to see. Enormous uh, <laughs> presence out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of one of my bugbears from the weekend. Watching KO, which I'm enjoying uh, as usual. Dan Ganane is the worst commentator in the world, mm. apart from that. Um, love it. But the introduction of the word enormous in the rugby league commentary, it's... Um, <laughs> If you're an ESL student and you're watching the football, this guy's just been enormous tonight. It's like, well, <laughs> he's only five foot five. He... They need to uh, retire enormous for a few weeks, I think. I, it's something that happens, and I've noticed us doing it as well. You talk about a subject for long enough, and you just find these words creeping in, and then you just you can't stop saying it. <laughs> like me putting my hand up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like... Uh, a lot of people were seeing upside to this Knights team that I wasn't seeing, but I love the balance of that team and hope we get more of it because I loved watching that. Do you see any issues for the Roosters or it was just one of those things? God, they looked terrible, didn't they? They did. The halves were in no man's land. I think Kiri mm. was way out of sorts. Yeah. I don't like having two like tiny little men in the halves. It's like two big targets to run it. Yeah. I thought the forwards were pretty good. Like Lindsay Collins is a nut job. He's uh, got a penalty in him. Yeah, but, I mean, outside of that, like, you know, you praise Wairia Hargraves, but he's definitely showing signs of age. thought he played well, though. He wasn't bad, but, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe they're not going to have it all their, their own way. Or, just, or maybe it, this was a one-off and in four weeks they'll be rolling over everyone. It was just like the engine had water in it or something, and I was spluttering from the minute they yeah. started. It was, yeah, awful. But, I mean, the Knights um, played them that way, so... And and your man, Kurt Manish, boy, played really well. Yeah, he did. And it just goes back to what we were talking about, the way Locke has evolved. And I love the fact that, you know, talk about delayed vindication. On the very first, <laughs> the very first episode of this show in 2017, we went back and forwards just talking about some of our favorite players through history. And I mentioned Ben Kennedy and I talked about the Locke forward position and the way it had evolved and it kept evolving over time and it's evolved again like we were in the gallon era when we started that and now we're back to the you know the freddy style lock and and i'm loving it well (laughs) i've never seen a position in any sport evolve more than the lock forward position i know i know 
<laughs> it's, it's such a great thing to have this like um, pliable. If you need a ball player, put him at lock. If you need an extra forward, put him at lock. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it... <laughs> no, it's great. If someone gets a bit older, he's going to get moved to lock. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to my team, the Dragons taking on the Warriors. Which um, for me, this was like a fairly low quality game. I, I thought both teams were pretty poor. I thought the Warriors were better than I thought they were going to be, to be honest. But I thought um, Dragons deserved it. News just in that, um, of course, Johnson's hurt with a muscle for four weeks-ish. Oh, I saw that. The guy's just an injury magnet. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Because he played really well. It's a real shame because he was really good and he just didn't really have enough support. Good news is they've got a plethora of halves to fill in. So um, when Reese Walsh is back, Harris DeVita or Ash Taylor can come in and you're not going to lose too much. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, like I saw nothing from the Warriors to shake my belief they'll be at or near the bottom at the end of the year. The Dragons, I have, uh, you know, I'll take the two points, but I have very big concerns if that's the standard we're going to put out this year. After all the hype, a very mixed game for Tyrell Sloan. Found out defensively pretty badly a couple of times. Yeah, that's to be expected. Brand yeah. new fullback, but you got rid of Dufty for that very reason. But yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I was impressed by the um, hardline selections from um, Griffin. There was no Tariq Sims, no Burgess. Obviously, there's some sort of effort issue there or attitude or something. Yeah, well, I mean, Sims in particular, I hope he's back for the Panthers on Friday night because I think we definitely need him. Because they weren't hurt, were they? No. So, I mean, it takes balls not to select them to. Well, I think Burgess, like, I don't know how many games he gets. Like, what's pathing him after, you know, years out and coming back as a veteran? Like, I'm not really expecting to see him in, in the, the squad week to week. But Sims definitely, like, uh, we could definitely have used him on Saturday night. I just think it sets a good precedent that you're going to be selected on form and not name. Yeah, I agree with that. And it does, whatever was happening at training or whatever the issue was, it's, you know, good to get on the front foot and deal with it in round one. I wonder if it is like an attitude thing after the Dragons basically moving on from him at the end of this year. We were hearing a lot about him going to the Roosters. Now it seems Melbourne seems to be the favourite to get him. Right. Well, they should do it now then if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But again, I don't know what's going on in that dressing room, but if there is any kind of like destabilising or you know, a bit of ill feeling, then yeah, you might as well make the move now. See that they've tabled a, a two-year offer to Jack Bird. He played really well. He did, yeah. And I mean, it's a killer back row. So if they stay healthy and, you know, get some support, I don't think the props are particularly outstanding. It, it was a bit of a worry that Molo, like, couldn't have beaten off Aaron Woods for a starting prop spot. I, I thought <laughs> it was kind of Molo's time to take over. But, you know, we'll see how the year progresses. Uh, I got got to shout out uh, Michaeli Ravalawa. Oh is... my god! <laughs> like I don't think there's a player that's harder to like knock out once he's running towards the try line. Like you just can't put him into touch. He's the ultimate rocks and diamonds guy. Like yeah, this yeah. time he had three more diamonds than rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a a roller coaster the Ravalawa experience at the Dragons over the last few years. Credit <laughs> to Mary for sticking with him when. Whenever he, his first year in the NRL, like he was horrible, and you saw all the positive signs that you're seeing from him now, like very hard to get down. He, you know, can score tries, but the problem then was he was conceding three for every one he scored, and he was clearly out of his depth that first year. And I was giving it to Mary 
uh, regularly. I'm, I'm sure that there was probably some angry texts in our history to, <laughs> <laughs> that you could go back to. You know, but Mary obviously believed in him and stuck with him, and and I think now the dragons are really reaping the benefits from that. And yes, it's always going to be rocks and diamonds. That's what you get with Ravaloa. But the last couple of years in particular, he's been... Well, last year he was suspended every second week, it seemed like. But um, but he's, he's really come a long way and, and I I like having him in the team there. Well, yeah, it's so good to watch. But I think you really want a, a game breaker. You can have like a, a million solid guys, right? But you're going to mm. have guys that can do things others can't. And yeah. If you've got a guy that cannot be stopped when he's 10 metres out from the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play him. Yeah, exactly. And in a way, that's the best type of player that can do things other players can't because you know the move. It's not like Ravalau is going to like astound you with some like, you know, brilliant step or like some super creative play. The, you know, the play is going to be get it out to him and he's going to run towards the corner and you know, you've got to try to knock him out. And most of the time, you're not going to be able to do that. Like, that's the play, but, you know, he still does it every week. So, um, well, yeah, it, it's an asset having that. More bad news for the Warriors. Uh, Viliami Vialia, MCL, four weeks. Dallin Watani is a Lesniak, broken thumb, six to eight weeks. I mean... Oh, jeez. I mean, what do they do to deserve this? Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, tough stuff for the Warriors. The... Tigers and the Storm, another game where for a while it looked like the boil over was on the cards, but I, I thought the Tigers were very good. Me too, yeah. Jerome Hughes is the difference. The guy is a superstar. Like, where does he rank among halfbacks now? Because he's, like, top three easy, right? Like, Well, I'll tell you what, if I had to choose one, probably after Cleary, I'd take him. Like, Yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of Thurston with a better running game. <laughs> mm. But yeah, he was the difference. I think big trouble for the Storm with the Christian Welch in- injury. Yeah, shocker. That's, um, don't you hate a first-round injury? Imagine you're training the whole off-season. Oh, no way. Um, poor old uh, Hodgson, the first two minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's why they're talking about this um, Tariq Sims swap, I suppose. Yeah, al- although all the talk I've seen about that was for 2023, but who knows if they can get something done before then. In rugby league, anything's possible with contracts, man. <laughs> mm. Did you watch the whole game, this storm? Um... I was in and out, you know, family life, but I saw most of the first half and I thought the Tigers were very impressive. Well, yeah, I was just happy to see him compete and no one expected them to beat the storm, so... Yeah. Good start, I think. Yeah, predictable melting down from Tigers fans online <laughs> who can melt down online like no other fan base. But you Some know, of the worst fans in the league. <laughs> don't be too despondent, Tigers fans. Uh, your game of the round, the Eels versus the Titans. Do you, do you want to talk me through this? You didn't watch it. Again, in and out, but probably less of this game than any other on the, over the weekend. Well, they both played great and some incredible tries in there and some incredible uh, skill. Toby Sexton for the Titans blew me away of how good he was. Yeah. He was so good. Yeah, well, so that was like, one of our big question marks, so that's encouraging. If he stays playing like that, I mean, they're not going to miss Fogarty. So, mm. um, and then bring Brimson back, look out. Yeah. But the, I think the Parramatta have got some class there, mate. Love Penasini. Yeah, and did, you know, I, I saw some, you know, bitching about the referees and, you know, maybe Para getting a getting an advantage but like do you think they you know they came back to win well after the titans went ahead yeah i think it was just they just had that 
bit of extra class. Gutho played well, I thought. What I am worried about is they, they didn't select Nathan Brown, and I figure it's because of that Hayman yeah. incident. There's some sort of verbal. Yeah. He's out, he's out of the town with Man of the Year, Jared <laughs> and uh, getting involved in a verbal altercation. But um, I hope it's not an attitude thing with him because they really need his uh, aggression out there. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty concerning that, you know, <laughs> he's out on the town getting in altercations in the company of Jared Hayne. <laughs> i tell you who's amazing to me. We say it every season. Sean Lane, like the most <laughs> underrated guy. Uh, he he just gets it done, man. Like he's so so hard on the edge to get down and the offloads, and he's just he's in the thick of everything. Is he just like the ultimate gronk, though? <laughs> like just his gronk head. <laughs> I don't know the definition of gronk. I can't move past it. <laughs> you want to talk about gronk heads? You talk about your man McKinnis, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a really, really good game. Like, that was another one I'd like to I'd like to show to the aliens to say, this is how we do it, mate. Yeah. NRL. Yeah, great stuff. <laughs> then maybe if you are showing the aliens, you would cut the tape after 80 minutes there <laughs> and not, not stay for the Cowboys versus Dogs game that followed it. Well, well, just be thankful that there was one game out of the whole lot. Usually it was every game for five rounds. No one could catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But even that, like a two-point margin and then the drama like right on the end with the disallowed try. So, it, you know, it had a great finish. It, you know, you, you got the downpour towards the end. So even though like it was a hard, well, it seemed like a hard slog. When I tuned in with about 15 minutes to go, I found it a, a very enjoyable experience watching the conclusion of that. So, yeah, all, all in all, like could we have really asked for more from cowboys and dogs playing on a Sunday night? No, it's the best first run I can remember in yeah. living memory. Yeah, totally. So I'm really hoping that it is the start of something we get like a great year. So let, let's just quickly go through next week's game. So we got the Storm and the Rabbitohs on Thursday night. Hopefully the Rabbitohs surprise us all and get the win because they could be in trouble if they don't. I don't think they're duds. I don't think they're like, you know, going to embarrass themselves. I just think they're missing the class of, of the top sides. Yeah. And... Dragons and Panthers on the early game on Friday. I'm I'm very worried about that. Um, well, I tell you what, you want to make a statement as Dragons. You're putting in a good showing against Penrith. You don't have yeah, to win. Yeah. Just got to no. just got to compete. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we learn some lessons. Um, you know, it's a work in progress. The Roosters and the Eagles. Surely, we're going to get a better performance from the Roosters. Well, Tedesco played well out of a terrible bunch. So, um. I'd like to see if, if him and um, Tommy Turbo can make hit top gear, especially for my super coach team. <laughs> yeah. Would you give the Warriors any chance against the Titans? Uh, no. Yeah, I, I think this latest round of injuries is going to be very hard for them to overcome when they were already so limited. Sharks and the Eels, that should be a cracker game. Yeah, this game in the round for mine. Yeah. And Cowboys versus Raiders up in Townsville. Well, you guys got to win that. Must win, yeah. Yeah. There's no excuses this year for like, oh, we dropped mm. a game, you know. It's just like, if you're outclassing someone, you've got to get the win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Knights up against the Tigers. This this is the moment for the Knights to show that it wasn't just a fluke, that they are that good. So big game for them. Well, Tigers always um, traditionally stand up against the Knights, so I'll be interested to see. Mm. And then the Bulldogs and the Broncos. So for both of us, these were kind of like bottom four teams with the potential to climb out. You know, this is, again, a moment to make the start of that run. 
I'm interested to see. Like, they might be as bad as I thought. So we'll, I'm looking to see how they go against um, the Bronx. Yeah. We didn't really get to see much from the new recruits in terms of, you know, like Dufty hardly touched the ball. Like, the Fox made, you know, a couple of breaks. But, like, we didn't really see much. So, yeah. Got to see some more from the new blood. Dufty had a heartbreak, I saw. It was good. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so if if we get... Half, you know, if we get games half as good as what we had this weekend, we're in for a great season of footy. So, couldn't have asked for a better start. Um, would love to get your thoughts on the games and and anything else that we've talked about. Um, all right. On that note, we'll get out of here and uh, we will speak to you soon. Toodaloo. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.